This morning, we're going to continue our series called Baggage, and we're going to talk about cast your cares. I want us to look together at 1 Peter 5 and 7 as we think about that phrase, cast your cares. When we get to 1 Peter 5 at verse 7, we read, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Just hearing it brings a sense of peace, doesn't it? Casting all your anxieties on him. You can almost feel that that release and that relief. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. That word for cast is, is it's a good word. It's, It's kind of fun because it only appears twice in the New Testament. It appears right here in 1 Peter. And it appears in Luke, I think it's 19, where it says that the disciples cast their cloaks onto the colt. And that's what the word means. It means to throw something onto. It's a little bit different from just like throwing a ball. This is a a targeted aim and you're throwing something onto something else. In this case... He says, casting all your anxieties on him. It's so good to know that he is here and willing and even able to accept all the baggage that we carry with us. It's what we've been talking about the past two or three weeks, and this morning we're going to continue. I'm even going to add one next week. So the three-week series is now a four-week series. But we think about all that baggage, the hurt, the failures, the the anger, the bitterness, the memories, and we carry all this emotional and spiritual baggage with us. It it eventually weighs us down and and it makes the journey dangerous. And we've got to find a way to deal with this baggage. And then we come to this verse. Casting all your cares on him. And really, I tell you, this one just keeps getting in my way. Hey, Preston, would you come and take this? This just keeps getting in my way. Would you take it to the back, back there? Thank you. I appreciate it. No, no, take that and take it to the back. Thank you. Preston, son, (laughs) take the back. (laughs) Thank you. You know, that's usually how we hand off our baggage to God. We say it, I surrender all. This is where I surrender. We say it, God, take my baggage, heal me. Here it is. I think we even mean it, but at the same time, we're still holding on strong. At the same time, we're not able or willing to let go. That's why I love this word, casting all my cares on him. Because it would be one thing if it said, hand it to him. It'd be another if it said, just lay it down, but it doesn't. It says casting, which means I get to stay over here and I get to send it his way. 
casting all your cares, all your anxieties on him. He's pretty good at catching stuff. The problem is we're not too good at throwing. We're not too good at letting go. And so he says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. There's another word there, and I want to make sure that you heard it because it would be really easy to miss it. We like the idea of casting, and we like the idea that it's our baggage we get to get rid of, but did you notice he said casting all Casting all your anxieties on him. That little word all of a sudden becomes a real big word, doesn't it? Because some of us have learned to let go of a lot of baggage. Some of us are freer today than we've ever been before. We've, we've put a lot of baggage behind us but there's still that one little bag. There's still that one little one that, I don't know, man. It's just so comfortable. I get it. It helps define me because that's who I've always been. It's, It's pretty hard to let go of this one. Preacher, you don't know how bad that person hurt me. I'll let go of all that other stuff, but this one I deserve to carry because they hurt me that bad. Or, preacher, you don't know how bad I messed up. That bag of guilt is something I have to, I don't deserve to put it down. And so often we'll say, God, you can have this part of my life and this part of my life and this part of my life, but I'm going to keep this part and I think sometimes God would say to us child it doesn't work that way our college minister when we were at Baylor used to say if he's not Lord of all he's not Lord at all Either he really is Lord of your life, which means he is the master and he's in charge, or he's not. He is not willing. The Bible, the Bible says that he is, he is a jealous God. He is not willing for you to give him 99% of your baggage and your life and yourself and withhold that 1%. So Peter, I think, learned that through the years. And toward the end, he was able to recognize and to tell us that there is casting all your anxiety on him. Even the little one that we carry so close. Today's Mother's Day, and it makes me think of, obviously my mom makes me think of Lisa also makes me think of my mother-in-law. I know sometimes speakers and preachers like to tell mother-in-law jokes, but I got to tell you, I have the absolute best mother-in-law in the world. 
I mean, she is wonderful. She loves me and I love her. She knows that one of my favorite meals is oven fried chicken. And so whenever we go to Lake Jackson, you know, we might have roast this night. We might go out to the Mexican place that night. But one of those meals while we're in Lake Jackson, it's going to be oven fried chicken. She knows my favorite pie is buttermilk pie. And every time I go to Lake Jackson, I know we're going to have us some buttermilk pie. And you know, buttermilk pie is just, it's just awesome. You got that crust. And it's got to be real crust. Graham crackers do not make crust. I'm sorry. It's, it's got to be crust. But you, may, you get this crust. And then, they, then they, that, that buttermilk pie on the inside, it can't be too runny. But it also can't be too stiff and firm. You know, it's, it's, it's got to be perfect. And then right up there on the top, if you cook it just right, that crust turns kind of golden brown, kind of darker brown. And then across the top of that buttermilk pie, it turns to a beautiful gold color. Man, I love me some buttermilk pie. We were there one time. And I think it was around Christmas because there was a bunch of us there. You got to pick which dessert you want, you know, and so I picked buttermilk pie, and uh, our sister-in-law picked it, and different ones picked different things. We sat down, we were eating, and I took a bite out of it. I've been looking forward to that buttermilk pie. I took a bite out of it, and it was awful. Something was off. This was not right. It looked beautiful. The crust was exactly the right color. The top was exactly that beautiful yellow, golden brown that you just love to see. The texture was perfect, and it tasted awful. My sister-in-law on the other side, she started eating, and then she stopped, and she looked at me, and I looked at her, and we, said, we thought, you know, what do we do now? We can't tell Nana that her buttermilk pie is bad, but we sure can't eat this either. What are we going to do? Well, we were fortunate because out of all the, the dessert choices, Nana chose buttermilk pie. So she brought her buttermilk pie. We had all been served. She brought her. She sat down at the table, and she took a bite of hers, and she said, this is awful. And my sister-in-law said, yep. Whew. Nana, what happened? I forgot to put in the sugar. Now, buttermilk pie is awesome unless you forget to put in the sugar. When the sugar's missing, buttermilk pie is something, but it ain't buttermilk pie. Here's the deal. We've been talking about baggage for the last two weeks. Now this is th week three. We've talked about letting it go, trusting him being healed, and all that works if you know the secret ingredient. This morning I want to share with you the secret ingredient that brings it all together and makes it happen. Did you notice that when we read verse 7, it felt like we started in the middle of a sentence? The reason it felt that way is we started in the middle of a sentence. So let's back up. Anytime that happens in Scripture, when you read a verse and it, and it feels like it's in the middle of a thought, back up a verse or two and see the complete thought. Let's do that. 
We just looked at verse 7, but let me show you verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him. How do you cast all your anxieties on him? What is the main part of, the, of that sentence? Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. He is strong enough to take care of all your baggage. He can pull it out of your hand, but he won't. He'll wait for you to give it to him. Once you do, you know you can trust it to him. It's the mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may bring healing, he may exalt you, he may lift you up, casting all your anxieties on him. You see, the, the secret ingredient to getting rid of baggage, surprise or not, it is humility. The first step to living free and traveling light is to humble yourself. You say, well, what does humility have to do with my baggage? Well, it's pride that makes you hold on to it. I got this. I can handle it. No problem. That's my baggage. Don't touch my baggage. That's mine. I was the one that got hurt or I was the one that messed up and hurt somebody else. I've got my emotional baggage. I can handle it. God, you take care of that stuff over there. God, you take care of somebody else's baggage. But I got this. It is pride that keeps us from trusting completely. It's pride that won't let us let go. And so in order to get rid of the baggage, it starts with humility. Humility says, you're God, I'm not. I can't, but you can. The first step in getting help is acknowledging your need for help. I can't carry all this. You know what? I wasn't supposed to in the first place. But if I can humble myself enough to say, God, I need you. He's willing to exalt me. To lift me up and bring healing. You remember the, the movie called The Goonies? Kind of a fun kids movie that was, I think, like 80s. Maybe, maybe early 80s. Anyway. In The Goonies... There's this one character named Chunk, and Chunk is a little round fella. He, he, he's got a great sense of humor, and he's goofy, and he is, I mean, he's just through the roof goofy, you know. And at one point, in the, there's one scene where there's this big water bottle, and, um, <clears throat> you know, like in, like in the offices, they got that big water bottle, and, and everybody meets at the water tank there, and yeah, so, it, and it, this is a big glass water bottle, and he bumps it, and the water bottle starts to fall. Well, he wraps both arms around it, and he says, I got it, I got it, I got it. And then the water bottle falls to the ground, smashes, and water goes everywhere. And he says, I don't got it. That line was actually taken from an earlier movie called High Anxiety. 
And it's been used in a lot of different movies since then. I got it. I got it. I got it. I don't got it. Folks, we spend a lot of our time, a lot of our lives telling ourselves, telling everyone around us, even telling God, I got it. I got it. I got it. And it's not until we get to the place where we can finally say, I don't got it. It's when we get there that God is able, willing, and eager to step in, to take it from us and to heal us. The first of three steps to living free and traveling light, humble yourself. We just looked at verse 6. Back up just a little bit more to the last half of verse 5. And in that last half of verse 5, he quotes the Old Testament. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Imagine if I'm carrying my bag and pride won't let me let it go. Now, I've not only got a bag, but I also have God opposing me. Not because I'm carrying baggage, but because I'm too proud to ask him for help. I've got those emotions and those spiritual problems, all that stuff that's been hanging on for years and years and years, and, and I won't let go because I, I think I can deal with it. I think I got it. And I'm not only carrying all that junk, I'm also keeping God from moving in my life because he opposes the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. You say, I don't deserve to get rid of my baggage. That might be true. It's not about what you deserve. It's about his grace. He opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So the first step in living free and traveling light is to humble yourself. The second step, cast your anxieties on him. We come back to our verse now. We've, we've backed up a little bit and we're ready to camp out at our primary verse again in verse 7, casting all your anxieties on him. Well, we talked about what that word casting means and we focused on the word all. The question now is how do you do that? Casting all your anxieties on him. How do you get rid of the baggage and cast them on him and trust him to take care? How, how, what does that look like? Well, to help us see a picture of what it looks like to cast our anxieties on him, let me invite your attention to Luke chapter 10. Back up with me, Luke chapter 10. And we're going to read a few verses, so it's not going to be on the screen, but I want, to, I want to invite you to turn with me to Luke 10, starting at verse 38. Luke 10 at 38. This is a familiar story. I want us to revisit it because it shows us a picture of what it looks like to cast our anxieties on him. Luke 10 at 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha 
welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Real quick, where did Mary sit? At his feet. Hang on to that, okay? Verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Martha, Martha, Martha. <laughs> you are worried about many things. You're distracted. Your anxieties have you running back and forth. And, and you're so busy that you don't even see what's important. Mary has found the necessary thing. Where did Mary find it? Where was she? At Jesus' feet. We hear of this Mary, there are other Marys, but we hear of this Mary, Mary of Bethany, three times in the Gospels, and all three times she can be found at the same place. Here, she is at the feet of Jesus. When her brother dies and Jesus shows up, she falls at the feet of Jesus. Later, when there's a dinner party, she shows up and she washes the feet of Jesus. You see, I think, I think one of the ways that baggage trips us up is we think if we work hard enough or if we spin enough plates, we keep everything going we, we keep our calendars full, that maybe we can outrun it. Maybe we can avoid it. We can pretend it's not there. We can ignore it. But like Mary and Martha show us, the way to get rid of the baggage is not to ignore it or outrun it. It's simply to sit at the feet of Jesus. It says that she sat at his feet and listened and learned from his teaching. Beloved, that's how it happens. When we take time to build that relationship with him, Lord Jesus, talk to me through your word, and I'll talk to you through my prayers, and we can carry on a conversation. Lord Jesus, help me to praise you and to worship you, because the Bible says that the Lord inhabits the the praise of his people. And so I know you'll be here when I worship. It is in that interaction. It's sitting at his feet. It's loving him and receiving his love for us. That we get up and we realize some of that baggage is gone. Three steps to living free and traveling light. Humble yourself. Cast your anxieties on him and trust him. There's a story about a certain African tribe that learned an easy way to capture ducks. 
They could tell those ducks had meat on them, and they thought, well, that'd be a good way to eat. We need to figure out a way to get these ducks. And they tried different things. Every time they'd go out into the water, the, duck, it would, the ducks would get disturbed and they'd fly off. And you know how birds are, especially ducks, I think. But birds are all very similar. As soon as one moves, they all move. You, know? you, get, you disturb one, they're all gone. And so every time they'd try to sneak up on the ducks, they'd, they'd jump around and fly off. They couldn't figure out how to get these ducks. Well, finally, somebody tried something. He, he took a, a pumpkin and he set it in the river way upstream. And he let that pumpkin float downstream in the river. When the pumpkin got to the ducks, it disturbed them, it startled them, and so they jumped and they flew off. Well, they tried it again. They got another pumpkin, they put it up there upstream, they let it flow downstream, and when it got to the ducks, it disturbed them, and they got all nervous and they flew off. Third pumpkin, they let it flow downstream. It came to the ducks, and they got nervous, but this time they just kind of swam out of its way. They did that two or three more times, and the ducks just kind of moved away, and before long, they didn't even worry about moving that much. They had seen pumpkins before. They were used to them. Pumpkins don't ever hurt them. Pumpkins just float, and they go by, and the ducks got used to them, and that's when the hunters made their move, they took some pumpkins, they cut out the top of it, cut out all the guts, and put the pumpkins on their heads. Then they got in the water upstream and walked underwater with the pumpkin floating above, apparently. And when they got to the ducks, all they had to do was reach up above the water and grab them. That's the way the enemy uses our baggage. We get used to it. We've carried it for so long, we don't even notice anymore. That anger, that hatred, that bitterness, those failures, that pain, it's just us. And just like the dude in the pumpkin, the enemy hides in all our baggage just ready to pull us down. And so we learn to cast our anxieties on him. Why? In ver back in our verse, he says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. We can trust him. I know that there's a good chance that you trusted somebody in your past, and when you did, they let you down. You trusted them. They took advantage of you. I can tell you that your heavenly Father will never do that because he cares for you. Understand the power of that statement. I'm not saying that God loves mankind. I'm not even saying that God loves you. I'm saying God loves mankind, God loves you, but on top of that, God really cares about you. He sees all the baggage and sometimes he even sees the one little one 
And he wants more for us. He cares. And because he cares for you, he says, child, cast it on me. Let me carry it for you. When we learn to humble ourselves, to cast our anxieties on him, and then trust him, all of a sudden we wind up living free and traveling light.